This is Seba, the Southern Fried Witch, and this is episode 11 of season 2. Before we get going today, y'all, I wanted to tell y'all about something really special coming up. The witches over at That Witch Life podcast are hosting a That Witch Life mini-con, which is a one-day virtual conference on March the 5th. And you can join them from anywhere for workshops on herbalism, working with the gods, and suburban magic led by That Witch Life host Kanani Soleil, Courtney Weber, and Hilary Whitmore with a special master class on DNA ancestry magic with Stephanie Rose Bird. The conference is going to include rituals, raffles, and more. And y'all can register over at thatwitchlife.com And make sure you check out That Witch Life on all podcast platforms. I'm a big fan of these witches. This looks really good. And I don't think we have enough of these out there in the world. So I really do hope you'll give them a shot. I'm going to put the link in our episode notes so you can go over there easily. Go check it out, y'all. And today I wanted to read y'all some of these emails. They're just so on point, and some of these really challenge me. So we're going to get into those. First, let me tell you what's going on around here. It's gloomy and crappy and yucky outside today. If you are anywhere near the Deep South, you know that this is not normal. And according to our weather, it looks like it's going to be all the way down to about 18 degrees this coming weekend which is not something we know how to deal with very often. So I'm a little bit worried about my rabbits and my saramas that we've run around and did the best we could to kind of steal up against the cold weather. And I don't want to go too long on all things that have to do with farming because I'm sure not all of you farm. In fact, I doubt very many of you do. However, we are trying to get away from heat lamps as much as possible because they are a fire risk. And so we are going to be broke for a while. I have purchased brooder heaters. And if y'all are listening to this and thinking, what is wrong with her? Chicken skin usually handle quite a bit more than what she's going on about. Well, I have Saramas. And Saramas are not comfortable in that kind of weather. They are from Malaysia. And we try to keep them as happy as possible. I love my babies. Everybody got a brooder heater. And I'm going to be eating peanut butter for a month. And this is the life, right? This is what I signed up for. So that's fine. Anyhow, I've only got a little bit of time this week. I don't know how long I'm going to get to go. Watching my grandbaby these days kind of takes up a lot of my time. And I'm also still teaching. So I'm going to try to get in here and do a little something for y'all for the week. I'm still trying to ascertain whether or not I can do every week on season two. Thus far, it's fine and I'm holding my own. So we're going to see how far this gets. I'm not going to leave you again, but eh, things get a little crazy. I may have to go down to every other week. And don't let me forget I didn't want to start a Patreon. I didn't want to have a tip jar. 
However, my nephew has been paying for Squarespace and equipment, and things are getting a little bit, well, uneven. And to keep it up, I don't have to really rake in a lot of money, but it would be nice if the podcast itself would, I don't know, just maybe pay for itself. So I am going to start a Patreon, and don't look at that like I've lost my mind. Y'all know I don't like getting paid for what I do. I just want to offset the cost. So I am going to put that out there. There is a Patreon about to be lifted off. If you want to support, do it. If you don't, I get it. But one of the levels is going to have a Google phone number where you can actually have a conversation with me once a month at a certain level. If you want to. I don't know why you'd want to talk to my old ass, but if you do, hey, here we go. Here's a way to do it. And I am sadly behind in my email responses. I know. I beg y'all for emails. You send them. Uh, What are you going to do with my ass? I did try to respond to everyone today. If I missed anybody, write me back. Uh, That being stated, I've got a lot of cool questions going on here. And if y'all don't mind, let's do a listener episode where we can talk about those. So I've got this friend named And we're going to leave out where she lives and we're going to leave out any other identification. So she sent me two questions and the first one I think I want to talk to the most. And here it is. All right, y'all, settle into your chair. I have been struggling with ethics of witchcraft. I worry there will be unforeseen consequences to what I do as it can feel so powerful. I worry that the fortune or well-being encouraged by my craft will come at the expense of someone else's misfortune or my own misfortune in another part of my life. I probably have just internalized too many fairy tales, but this concern has held me back from proceeding down this path. I begin to follow my intuition toward my own form of witchcraft, but I've never actually followed through with it for fear of the powerful energy I feel when doing so. I worry I'm messing with the balance of things as they are supposed to be. I guess I would just like to hear your response to this, and if you have any advice for following your intuition and proceeding without fear, hooray for the internalized guilt from years of fundamental Christianity. Oh, girl, this is one of the best questions I've ever gotten. You do have another question, but let's talk about the first one. And the reason I say that is because you have a point. Everything we do does have an impact. So it is going to leave an energetic trail. But here's the critical part for me. The way I understand and the way I believe, I'm already leaving that trail. As a witch, everything I do already does affect things. Everything I think and feel and act upon is causing some sort of, well, presence in the world. To try to hold myself in and hold myself back from the craft, what I worry about more is that that is causing a negative sort of impact, and not just to myself. You see, it would be like asking a tree not to be a tree. It would be The same thing as asking a wolf not to howl. So when we resist these natural, energetic, I don't know, life paths, in a strange way, we are already impacting the world. And in doing so, I'm not so sure that that is the healthiest thing to do. 
And you mentioned a lot of your past path. And so let me ask you this. Do you think a Christian worries and studies over whether or not their prayer is going to negatively impact the world? Sorry about my dogs. You know, I think the fundamental nature of this question is whether or not you're a natural, healthy part of your environment. Whether or not you feel that you deserve to be in that environment. And honey bunny, I am not going to get into the idea of good and bad on this. Because that kind of thinking is grounded in binary polarities. I mean, that kind of thinking is also grounded in patriarchal, well, dogma, ideology, what is good, what is bad. Come on, it's like porn. You know it when you see it. And I'm not saying porn's bad. I'm just saying you know it when you see it. What is bad? To the person that you are stopping from crossing your boundaries, that action might be bad to them. They may say, well, that was bad. This person is an asshole. But for you and for your good, well, you see where we're getting. So it's a slippery slope. Are you going to have an impact on the world as a witch? Yes, yes, you are. And honey, let's go ahead and get into it. You know, because if you are resisting that, if you are refusing to take part in your magical pathway, purpose, that can also have an impact. You know, not having a position is a position. And it takes twice as much energy to stay still as it does to move. Check me out on the science on that. So, yeah, I think you need to, well, okay, I don't think I know what you need to do, but I do know for me that staying still and locking myself in a cage because I worried so much of what was going to come, the butterfly effect, once I understood that everything I do, whether it is being still and holding myself together or acting or singing, or loving somebody, or saving a plant, or not saving a plant before a freeze. Everything I do is going to have an impact. Once I got that, I wanted to be a more active part of my life. I don't know if that's making any sense to you, but the being still thing, do you see anything in nature outside your window doing that? Do you see a tree, a squirrel, a rabbit, a plant, the universe, the moon? Do you see anything else doing that? Terrified of their natural selves, their natural processes, and what the impact might be? Or do you see them more likely being part of the great beautiful wheel of life? Let me talk in defense of witches for a second. What we do is affect change. What we do is wonderful. Now, of course, sometimes what we do isn't so damn great. I mean, not all witches are the same. As far as I'm concerned, as long as your intent is in a healthy place, okay, and as long as you are being part of that beautiful wheel of life. No, I cannot imagine how your participation in the world is going to be a negative thing. I do, however, have a really strong argument about your refusal to participate. And it does hurt my heart just a little bit that any of the beautiful creatures on this earth would ever, I don't know, take stock of themselves and not see themselves as worthy to be who they are. End of the story. 
Any system that would make you feel that way is not a healthy system. But then again, I guess I could see the argument also that there are risks here. Yeah, there, there are going to be risks. There are. Um, maybe baby steps on this one. Maybe allow that magic out in small places that you are not so wrapped up in the outcome of. Or allow that magic to work for yourself. Allow that to be for you for now. You know, honey, I have seen people literally die from not being who they are. And I mean everything, religion, gender, sexuality, all of it. To me, that is the most unnatural blasphemy to hold in whoever you really are. Now, I'm not talking about coming out of the closet, but I am talking about when you have bound yourself up and refused to allow your energy out because you were afraid of what it will do. Let me tell you, it's still going to go somewhere because energy does not disappear. Okay, it can neither be created nor destroyed. So if it's in there and you've bound it up, can we talk about all the ways that that can go wrong? You know, this might seem like a silly way to give an analogy, but I've heard of folks who will take a rooster and put a collar on him. And they do it often because they want to have their pet rooster within city limits. It's a horror show. It really is. These collars keep the rooster from stretching its neck. And it keeps the rooster from announcing that it's sunrise. And it also keeps the rooster from defending anything because mostly it's that crow. And I've seen roosters die. Literally die from sadness and a lack of expending that energy out of their bodies. And I don't think you're a rooster. I think you're something even more beautiful than that. And I do get the internalized guilt. And I do get the concern. I guess I'm asking you, as you ask me a question, are you willing to hold it in the rest of your life? Is that healthy? What are the repercussions of that? But specifically to this idea that you wrote about worrying about messing with the balance of things, Let me assure you of one thing I'm positive of. You are part of the balance of things. You belong in this scenario. You're not outside of it. And honey bunny, there is no way you're going to be able to completely trip a switch and change the world. I guess I'm asking you to give yourself a break and see that you are part of this beautiful thing and not outside of it so much. So yeah, the balance of things may actually shift. Couldn't that be a good thing? And if they shifted in a way that you were finally more part of it and happier and healthier, I mean, welcome, honey. Here we go. And who gets to decide exactly the way things were, quote, supposed to be? Let's talk about that. Are we supposed to just sit back and let things happen to us? I don't know if I believe necessarily in one road in the way that things are supposed to be. I think we get a choice and I think we get pathways and I think sometimes there's more than one road and I think we get to choose and it sounds like you are right on the precipice of choosing a pathway. Choose the one if you wanted to have my advice where you can be yourself because the universe wants that for its balance. And I love that you're concerned about the balance. I just wonder if you know how integral you are to that. How very, very important and sacred you are. So, I'm going to stop there on that because I feel like I've gone a little mother on you. 
I'm going to read question two, and then I'm going to explain why I can't answer it. <laughs> question two. Working in the mental health field, I've been able to use my intuitive abilities to pick up my clients' emotions and, for lack of a better word, energies. Do you think it would be possible and ethical to use witchcraft slash energy work to help the people I work with without coming out of the broom closet? What a great question. I cannot answer that. I have so many wonderful friends in the mental health field, and I have literally zero training. I'm not touching that one with a 10-foot pole. I can understand why that would be a question you would have. And I think it's a really important question. But I'm going to ask my listeners, if anybody out there works in the mental health field, to please write in if you have an idea for my wonderful friend. I will make sure to send that to you. But I am never going to step on the toes of a profession I have no training in. I see it happen way too often as a witch. And I reckon, y'all, I, I don't think I'm qualified. I know it doesn't seem fair. And I could give you an opinion, but honey, y'all, we all know those are like assholes and everybody's got one. And I don't want to lean you in the wrong way. So let me see if I can get a couple of answers for you and I will write you back. Love that you emailed me these wonderful questions. Thank you, honey. All right. And then we have my friend, Shannon. And by the way, when y'all write in, if you would do me the honor of sharing your pronouns with me, I'm not really quite sure, and I assume if I don't see them that I should go with my gut, but I would really love it if you would tell me how to refer to you as a professor and as a, a lifelong learner. I feel it's sort of, well, critical to treat people according to their preferred pronouns. So if you don't mind, make sure I know what those are. Okay. All right, Miss Shannon, let's see where to start. She says, I'm a fellow Alabama witch. Not going to tell you where she lives. And I would love to hear what some, if any, of your New Year's resolutions are. Personally, this year, I'm trying to be more present and aware of the moon phases slash seasons slash Sabbaths. This is going to be the year that I'm not the witch who just realized, oh shit, it's a full moon tonight. Welcome to real witchcraft, y'all. <laughs> this is what it's really like. I'm also a jewelry maker, and my goal for the year is to make at least one piece honoring each Sabbath. I'd love to hear what your goals are for the year ahead. So glad you're back and that the kids, grandkids, chickens, bunnies, pups are doing well. All right. By the way, if y'all want to go look at her work, I have snuck a peek. It's gorgeous. And apparently she is Haxon.wolf over on Instagram, and that is Haxon, H-A-X-A-N dot wolf on Instagram. So what are my goals? Oh, girl, I assume. I have a horrible propensity of beating myself up. I'll preach about this all day long to my students and to you, but then I will go beat myself up. If I feel like I haven't done enough on my podcast, if I feel that I haven't put anything good out in the world, I'm not kidding. It's a weird situation with me. If I feel that I've used my week unwisely, I will be miserable about it. As long as I have written something or podcast something or taught something, well, or grown something or saved something, I'm thinking dogs here, I mean, or trees or then I feel like I've done my job. And if I haven't, I will make myself literally sick. So 
My New Year's resolution is to give myself a little bit more of a break. Because sometimes, y'all, I just need to watch old 80s movies and be good to myself and not put on makeup and, I don't know, drink too much wine or eat too much chocolate. I just need sometimes to give myself a break. I had a lawyer once who asked me if I thought I was the tit of the world because I wouldn't stop with a particular lawsuit. I wanted to protect other witches. And yeah, I reckon I do think I'm the tit of the world and I need to cut it out. The world's got enough tits. So that's my New Year's resolution. That I grow all this beautiful food and I have a CSA. And that means other people get a lot of my food and I tend not to save enough for myself. So they're all eating great and I might not be. So I also want to work on that. I want to work on that. And I've got a little book started up for my grandchild. And I want to get all the stories in there. And gosh, look at me. I'm already doing it, y'all. Okay, that's enough. No more New Year's resolutions. (laughs) That's it. Um, I did gain about 10 pounds in the last two years. But here's the thing. I'm 55 years old. I need a little gush on me. I need to be a comfortable hugger. And I don't give one hot damn about what the world thinks about weight or makeup or graying hair. I give only hot damn about my soul. So I guess that's it. And thank you for asking. Nobody ever asked me what I'm doing. Cool question. Thank you, darling. So I have about 15 more emails. (laughs) And there was one I really wanted to answer to, but she forgot to give me permission in the email. So I reckon I'm going to have to wait for another time for that. I don't want to uh, ever break someone's privacy. It's critical to me, especially after what I went through as a witch. So if you've written in to me, go look at your Gmail, honey. I might have written back and said, hey, can I share it? And if you haven't answered, it's never getting on the air. All right, all that being stated, I do have some surprises for y'all. I'm not going to tell you who quite yet because, you know, witchcraft does need a little element of secrecy. Um, But we have some really cool interviews coming. Uh, We have one with a very important Appalachian witch who I love, like family, I don't know. She just resonates in my heart like we were related at some point. I think you're going to love her if you don't already know her. So we're going to get some really cool stuff. Once I'm positive, I'll put it out there and let you know who they are. I know y'all don't really hanker to my interviews as much as you do me just going on about nothing, but give these a shot. These are women that are very important to me. Well, and, and one man. So give them a shot. Let's see what we can do here. I think you might have fun. I also want to give a shout out to all my Christian friends who've been writing in and saying that you're listening and learning and trying to kind of grapple with this idea. I know it's kind of scary to y'all and I know why, but look, thank you for listening and we do not want to convert. So (laughs) it's okay and I really do appreciate all the open-mindedness I'm getting. And now I'm going to start doing something new. Um, So if you don't like cooking, go ahead and turn off the podcast right now. I've been told that people want to know how to cook certain things. And I'm a kitchen witch. That's kind of who I am. So let's talk about Cuban pork butt. And bye to all y'all who don't like cooking. Love you. All right. Ready? So you need to go get you a pork roast. 
and make sure it's good and fatty. Sorry about the vegans. Love y'all. Sorry. Bye. And you're going to go ahead and get you a Dutch oven. If you don't have a Dutch oven, I do not know how to tell you how to cook this. Seba does not cook in a crock pot under any conditions. I'll warm up some cheese dip and that's it. So going to need that Dutch oven. All right. Now here's how we start. So you're going to go ahead and put a little oil in the bottom. Not much because we're already going to get oil. Maybe about two tablespoons and kind of just grease it up real good. And you're going to take you a really good knife and you're going to stab the living shit out of your Cuban port. But just think about your ex. No, don't do that. Which is, don't do that. You might accidentally do a thing. Don't do that. Lord, what am I telling them? You're going to go ahead and stab those holes really good all over, front and back, all around. And then you're going to put a lot of cloves of garlic up in here. Now, I grow my own garlic. But you want to go ahead and pop that little skin off of the garlic and shove it as deep as you can in that meat. All right? Good. Now, you're going to take a rub. And here's the rub I like. Brown sugar. And we're talking at least like three-fourths of a cup. And salt. And that's kind of to taste, but at least two tablespoons, please. Thank you. And the most critical component of this particular recipe is cumin. So just really hit that cumin in there. I don't know what to tell y'all because I'm a Southern cook, but I'd say again, like two tablespoons. I know it sounds nuts, but you want this flavor. And of course you need you some pepper and you don't need any garlic and you know why. One time I added in some instant coffee into this rub and it gave such a delightful, earthy flavor. That's up to you. If you want to stop at this juncture, Just make sure you got your pepper in there, okay? Your red pepper or your black or both. Then stop. But you got to have that rub. Now, you're going to rub that whole thing. I mean everything. And then you're going to make sure that the fat part of this pork butt is facing up. All right. You got it? Okay, cool. Now you're going to go ahead and cut up a couple onions and slip them over to the side. I don't care how big. Don't ask me. Just they're going to melt anyway. You're going to get you a lime and you're going to cut that in quarters and squeeze it over everything. But go ahead and just kind of slip it into. Pull those out though. Don't eat those. They'll be bitter. Get those out of there after you finish cooking this. But hey, let's rock with this. Then you're going to take at least, and I mean on the bare ass minimum, one cup of orange juice, one cup of water, and one half cup Stay with me. Hold on to the wall, y'all, of tequila. That's what I said, tequila. Now, I have added more to this recipe before, but I did blow the door off my oven. It scared the living shit out of the cat. So you might want to just stay with that. And what you're looking for is the water needs to kind of get up to about halfway up this meat. All right, now you're going to put the lid on this thing. If you have used more than a half a cup of tequila, or if you have used 100 proof tequila, you might want to kind of give it a little crack at the top of that lid, just sort of knock it askew for the first hour. All right? And once that kind of cooks off a little bit, you won't be likely to blow the door off. (laughs) Don't get too scared. I do it all the time. And then after that hour, I do want you to have that screwed back on real tight. Okay? And I'll go ahead and do mine at only 275, and I will go like to six hours on this thing, sometimes more. 
But, you know, you, I guess you could do 350 and, and shorten your time. Low and slow is going to give you the kind of fall apart meat that's going to make your eyes roll back. Now then, if you are a kitchen witch, or if you're not, try this. The song that goes best with this, honestly, the whole playlist, but hey, is Ray LaMontagne's Shelter. Love that song. Goes really great with it. But you might also want to add in a little Van Morrison. So you need to have your music going. You need to have bare feet. If at all possible, take the damn shoes off. You're going to want to put an intent in every single step. But here's one of the ways I do it. I think about my spices and I really love into that, you know. If I'm working with garlic, I'm working with garlic. That's a beautiful, gorgeous bulb that grows into this tall thing for me. So I'm giving it all the love of all those months it took to get there. But I feel the same way about the sugar when I'm rubbing that damn thing and patting that little pork butt. (laughs) All right, I tickled myself. I'm also thinking about, you know, that meat. I'm thinking about thanking that beautiful animal for its life and hoping it had a good one and promising it's going to nourish people and that it will not be unvalued. We are going to honor that all the way down. Gosh, I hope if you're a vegetarian, you turn this off because I'm going to feel horrible if you didn't. Also, if you get a chance, look around and see if you can't find you one of those ethical farms that is doing that free-range thing where these animals are getting sun, they're absorbing that beautiful light, they're being treated humanely as much as possible. I know it's a little bit more expensive, but hey, if you're going to do it, do it right if you get an opportunity. By the way, did you know that when pigs absorb sun through their skin, especially on their backs... That the lard, the leaf lard, I think it's called there, absorbs vitamin D and it's extraordinarily healthy for you. Did you know that? Well, there you go, honey. Anyway, we served this on the side with some black beans that have been simmered in chicken stock and onions and a little bit of sugar and some fried plantains with honey. And now you all have my secret recipe. Oh, do not even think of serving this thing until... That pork falls apart with your fork. So all those hours in, pull her out, open the top, mess with it. If it's falling apart on your fork, you're done. However, you need to take that lid off, put it back in there, and let that liquid kind of cook down a little bit. Makes a gravy, y'all. And get that crust on the top. And that's usually only about 30 minutes. How many questions about cooking this thing? Holler. Well, I had two more emails to read, but I think I've gone long, so I won't be doing it tonight. Don't forget, y'all, being a witch is a naturally occurring thing. It is just as sacred and just as beautiful as being a deer or being a plant or being an oak. Come on. Love who you are. Love yourself. Love your energy. All right, get out of here. Cut me off and go make dinner. Love y'all. Talk to you soon. Y'all have been listening to the Southern Fried Witch Podcast. Come back around next week for a little bit more magic from the Deep South.